Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hey, 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 and welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode, I'm very excited for because I think it's one of the things that when I teach this, people go, oh my gosh, I never thought of it that way. And I always think those are really good moments for us, especially as parents, because we can tend to see things from our perspective so much that we tend to forget how it might feel to be the kid. So today, we're going to break down three different experiences or examples and really put ourselves in our kids' shoes. And this is going to be kind of interesting to do via podcast because you're going to have to use your imagination and kind of work with me, but I think that it's going to be really helpful. So let's go ahead and dive right in. Okay. Number one, I want you to imagine that you are in a foreign country, a place you have never been before, even a place where you don't even speak the language. Like, let's like really get out of our comfort zone, okay? So maybe you've had this experience before, maybe you haven't, it doesn't matter. We can use our imaginations and we can picture that we are in a foreign country. They're not even speaking our language, we're at a restaurant and we we don't even order, okay? This is the type of place that they just bring you food and you're kind of like, okay, they must know what they're doing, right? Like, hey, this is, this is a different experience already. Already, we're probably starting to feel a little like uncomfortable. Have you ever been to a restaurant where someone orders for you or like orders for the table and you're like, um, I don't even eat fish. What, what just happened, right? But like, this is the experience, okay? We're in a foreign country. We don't speak the language. We're at a restaurant. We're hungry and they just start bringing you food. There's no menu. There's not even a way to... Um, order that food. Okay. So they start bringing you food and the first plate of food that they bring to you is some sort of fruit. You're not totally sure what it is. It has like a really thick peel. Uh, You're not really sure kind of what's going on, but you look at it and you're like, it kind of looks like a grape, but the peel kind of reminds me more of like one that you would see on like a clementine. So I think I peel this off, right? Like you start peeling at it and you start to see the inside and you see that it's like a little juicy, a little squishy. Uh, It's a different color than you've ever seen before on a fruit, but you can tell that it's kind of got like fruit flesh. So you're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I peel the edge um, or like the back off and um, the peel rather. And then I'm pretty sure I eat this inner side and you go to take a bite out of it. And then there's like a big brown thing in the middle and it's really kind of hard, but not so hard that you couldn't bite through it. But you're like... Mm, This is really reminding me of like the core of like a nectarine. Like there it's, it's like edible, but you're not totally sure. Like an apple, you're like, "Mm, it's a little bit different texture. I'm not really sure. I should probably just not eat that part. Right. So now we've peeled it. We've taken out the pit or the middle and we've eaten the other part. And, And we're kind of reflecting off of this idea that like, there are other foods that we have experienced similar to this, similar texture, similar, similar peel, similar color, similar like wetness, if you will, similar mouth feel. So we're kind of comparing it and now we're tasting it and we're like, okay, mm-hmm, this is a fruit. I don't know what it's called, but it's a fruit. I can tell that it's kind of sweet. It's kind of tangy, a little tart, little, you know, got a little extra juiciness in there. So we can tell it's a fruit and we start eating it and we're like, okay, next they bring you out something that you can't even remotely describe or understand. You have no idea which parts to eat of this food. You're pretty sure it's a protein, but you're not totally sure what protein or which part is the protein, if it's all protein or if it's all just like a mix of different things. Like you have no idea what's on your plate. And you go, 
okay, what do I do in this situation? I don't want to be rude. There's pressure that I don't want to be rude. I don't know how to eat this. I'm hungry, but I don't know how to eat it. And I, I'm not totally confident this is a food that I would normally eat if I knew what it was. Like if someone comes over and tells me it's something, I wouldn't eat that food. Like I would make a decision not to eat that food specifically, but I don't even know that that's what this is. So do you take a bite? Now everyone's going to be different on this. Do you take a bite? Do you try it? Do you ask? Do you look around? Do you start to like wonder what other people are doing? Did they get this dish? How are they eating it? Is this some sort of practical joke that everyone else knows how to eat this food? And they're all just waiting to watch to see if you'll actually eat this food. They're like, we wouldn't eat it, but let's see what this foreigner does, right? Like, let's go ahead and see what this person is going to do with this not food. In fact, it reminds me of the time we went to Mexico and my dad ordered a food, a plate, a plate of food, a food, a plate, a plate of food. And on the side was a flower. And the waiter told us it was an edible garnish. And he was like, Oh, great. And he, my dad is like, so adventurous. He's like, great. He like pops in his mouth, starts eating it. And then he's like, yeah, I don't think that is edible. Like technically, like it won't kill you, but it's definitely not enhancing my experience at this restaurant. And we were laughing because I was like, probably in the back, they're all laughing at you that you actually just ate that. It's like a joke between the waiters. And they're like, let's see who I can get to eat this edible quote unquote flower. And so it's just kind of this funny reminder that we don't know. And we really only know what other people tell us. So we can use our best judgment. We can try to pull on these like past experiences, but at the end of the day, I just want you to imagine how uncomfortable that must feel for us to sit a place and not have any idea if the food in front of us is even edible, if other people would eat it, if it goes against maybe some of our dietary guidelines, if we feel very uncomfortable looking at it and we're just feeling really uncertain. Hey, you guys, Alyssa here. I'm just sneaking in really quick to let you know of the free class that I am teaching very soon. I'm going to be talking about the top three most overlooked under talked about reasons for picky eating that are very likely happening in your home. These are sneaky reasons that you may not even realize are causing picky eating. I can't wait to teach on this information. So click the link in the description box below to learn more about this free class, snag your seat, mark your calendars, and I hope to see you there. I'd love to be able to answer your questions, plus you get a free gift for coming to hang out with me. All right, that's all for now. Click that link in the description box and I will see you soon. Back to the show. Now I want you to imagine what your little child must feel when we serve a new food. It's very, very similar because ultimately we are the same, right? They're just smaller versions of us and they have far less experience to pull on. So just like we can look at the fruit and go, oh, this kind of reminds me of fruit because it's got this thick peel, just like a clementine or, you know, a kiwi or something like that. We have all this experience that we're bringing with us. Our kids don't have that. In fact, that's part of their development to be able to remember something and pull it forward and compare and contrast something in front of them to something that's happened in the past. That is a skill that is developed with their brain development. They're not born being able to necessarily do that. It's built through connotations and all of those sorts of things. Now for us as adults, we have thousands, if not really millions of experiences with different foods that we can pull on to make a judgment of a foreign food that's sitting right in front of us. Our kids don't actually have that. So they need our help. And on top of that, going one step further, you can kind of start to picture what you might do. Like I said, if you were served a food that you didn't recognize, where you start to look to other people, you ask questions, you kind of maybe look like a little suspicious, you push it away, kind of do like a little stanky face at it, right? Like whatever that might be for you, 
is likely how your kid responds to food. And you get really like defensive, offended. Uh, Maybe you get like really indignant about them trying it. Like, just try it. You haven't even tried it. Just try it. Like, could you imagine if someone said that to you in that experience? So I just want us to get uncomfortable and remember what it feels like to be uncomfortable around food, because likely you haven't had that experience in a while, especially not when you weren't searching for it. So some of us might be world travelers. Some of us might like to try new foods, go to the restaurant and order the craziest thing on the menu that you can find. But that is an experience that you are setting yourself up for and you know about. Your child is not doing that by coming to the dinner table. They're not like, I can't wait to try the weirdest, craziest cuisine that my mom has to offer. Like, They're not world travelers who are choosing to go out of their comfort zone and try something new. So a lot of times I'll get like little, you know, whenever I talk about this, people will be like, well, I love trying something new. That's wonderful. But you've also had an experience where trying something new worked out for you. That is not always the case for our kids. That is not always the case for me. For a lot of people who hate change, it's because change has never brought them anything good. And their brain is actually just trying to protect them, reminding them of that time where change was really bad. And our kids are actually going through the same exact thing. So I hope that kind of helped shift our perspective to what our kids might be experiencing. The same goes for comments around our food. Can you think of a time where you got a really maybe rude or nasty comment about how much or how little you ate. Maybe it was, wow, you were really hungry. You ate that whole plate. I only ate half, right? And all of a sudden you're like embarrassed or like a shame. You're like, well, well, hold on a second. I, I didn't eat breakfast and I didn't have a snack and I'm really hungry and I worked out this morning. Like you might start to go into like defensive mode over how much you ate. Uh, vice versa. People might say, don't you want more of that? You didn't like it. Why didn't you finish it? It was so good. Did you not like it? Do you not like this food? But blah, blah, blah. like you start like feeling like you have to defend how much food you ate. Our kids are the same way. We can easily go above and beyond saying things to them that is not necessarily helpful to them being open or willing to try new foods or to uh, leave food on their plate or not leave food on their plate and maybe experience some sort of pushback from us. Same goes for when we say things or when we've been told things like, this is amazing. You're going to love this food. Just try it. Just try it. Like instantly our guardrails go up when someone's trying to convince us, heavily convince us of trying a new food. Typically, most of us, like our defenses go up, like what's going on, right? Like when someone smells something, they're like, smell this. You're like, hmm, I don't know. Should I smell that? Is it going to be good or bad, right? Like all of a sudden we start to not just look to our own devices on whether or not we're actually going to try that food. Now we're trying to figure out if that other person has our best interest in mind, right? And we know as parents, we do for our kids. But it's just human instinct to kind of start to protect ourselves a little bit. So it's a good reminder that even our comments around food are getting in the way of our kids experiencing it for themselves. So trying not to like, or even I just wanted to mention this one because it's so funny and so true. Have you ever gone to see a movie because someone told you how amazing it was and they're like, it's so good. I laughed. I cried. I loved it. I'm going to watch it a million times. And then you go and you're like, eh right? They're like, this is so funny. Oh my gosh, this part is so funny. Have you seen this clip? Have you seen this movie? Have you seen this reel? Have you seen the blah, blah, blah? It's so, so funny. And they like overplay it where then you get to it and your expectations are so high. And then you finally take a bite of the food or you watch the movie or see the clip and you're like, eh, right? Like we can almost do that for our kids too. Where then they're like, oh, well now, not that they don't trust you anymore, but they may not trust your judgment. If you're like, this is so good. You're going to love it. It's so delicious. And then they finally take the bite and they're like, eh, 
well, are they going to believe you next time? <laughs> like your taste might be different. You might truly believe that it's delicious, but for them now it's like almost overhyped. Yeah. I think we've probably all had that experience, but just a reminder that our words really do matter to our kids at the table specifically around food. I want to hop in real quick and take a second to thank the sponsor of today's podcast, Dino Bars. Dino Bars are all organic fruit and vegetable bars that are wrapped in edible paper. Yes, you heard me right, edible paper made from potato starch. And what that means for you is that you can get all the benefits that come with a fruit and veggie forward bar without the mess. Insert praise hands here. But seriously, I was really skeptical about these bars. I thought they were going to be another kind of sticky, gooey mess that my littlest ones had trouble chewing. They're not like that at all. The kids love them, but I love them too. Not only because they taste delicious, but they have simple, balanced ingredients that make for a great option for nutrition on the go. Click the link in the description box below and use code Alyssa10, that's A-L-Y-S-S-A, the number 10, for 10% off. And don't you dare get a pack without my absolute favorite flavor, purple sweet potato raspberry. Okay, now back to the show. Which kind of brings me to my last kind of experience that I want you to put yourself in the shoes of your kid, of having an experience of being told if you're hungry or not, right? This one's really hard because I know as parents, we're around our kids so much and we know them like the back of our hand. They literally feel like an extension of us. And I truly believe that I can tell you exactly how my kid is feeling before they can acknowledge it, before they can understand it, identify it, or communicate it to them. I typically can tell how they're going to react to something or how they're reacting or what they're thinking. I just feel like I know them so well, especially when they're so little. Then we start to go into these places of knowing what's best for them and we love them and we have all this experience in life. And so we tend to come at parenting as we're the expert. We know everything. We know our kids so well. And we tend to like push that on this, this thing of we know their physiological needs. And yes, that is true. Like we know they need sleep and we know they need to go potty when they're doing the potty dance. And we know that they need food and they need water. They need to stay hydrated. They need to be inside because it's too cold or they need a coat or they need, you know, to put shorts on because it's too hot, whatever that might be. Like we do know a lot of that, but ultimately we don't know how hungry our kids are. And yet as parents, we oftentimes will find ourselves saying, well, you must be hungry right? Or we'll say, no, they have to finish their plate because otherwise there's going to be like a hangry meltdown. They're going to get so hungry, but we actually cannot feel if they're hungry or full, right? And that can feel really uncomfortable for us as parents because we know them so well and we know what they need. And we want to avoid the uncomfortable position of them being wrong, of them saying they're not hungry, but really they are. And then later they go into like a hangry meltdown tantrum, tailwind spin been situation where we're just like, oh my dear Lordy, how, what just happened? Like, I don't even know what happened. My toddler was not my toddler anymore. That is a different person I never want to see again. And we have these like fears of being put in that situation because it's likely happened to us before that we're like, I will do anything to get you to eat so that we could avoid that because we technically or typically, um, respond or react to that experience as saying, oh my gosh, they were so hungry and we blame it on hunger. Now, I'm not saying you're wrong. What I am saying is that we don't necessarily know. So if you put yourself in that position of maybe you have a meltdown with your significant other and they go, oh, you're just hangry. Um, Don't do that. 
right? Like we don't actually want them to say that to us. You're just being hormonal. You're just tired. Like we don't want to be told that as adults. Neither do our kids. We don't want to be told how hungry we are, how full we are, how much we need to eat to fill up our bellies. Now, yes, we are teaching them and we are giving them the scaffolding to understand this for a future time, but that does not mean telling. We are like scaffolding, truly. Like we are supporting them, but they are still the ones making that decision. They are still the ones listening to their body to being able to identify and communicate that to you. And we want to support them in that, not necessarily just tell them what we think is true. I hope that's making sense and there's a distinction there, but I do think it's kind of a fun, fun is maybe the wrong word, but an enlightening experience to put ourselves in our shoes. Would I like to be told that? Would I like to be treated that way? Would I like to be forewarned or uh, given uh, ultimate hype over a certain food just for it all to fall flat? So think of that experience when your kid's at the table, how you would like to be talked to, how you would like to be treated, how you would like to be offered food, especially while you're learning a new skill, which is exactly what they're doing, learning a new skill. All right. I hope this episode was helpful for you. I hope it got you a little bit out of your comfort zone, a little bit into the idea of what they might be experiencing at the table. If it was helpful for you, I would love it if you shared this with a friend um, or a family member. Just go ahead and click that little share icon, send them the link, and I would love to see that. And of course, let me know if there's anything you would like to see a podcast on, something that I've touched on that you'd like me to go deeper on, a question that you have, an experience that you're having in your own home you'd like me to answer. I am so happy to do that. Just DM me or or over on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles, or you can email me support at nutritionforlittles.com and I will see it there as well. I hope to see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at Alyssa at Nutrition for Littles.com. All right. Until next time, mamas.